Welcome to From the Resort Podcast. Uh, today is the 3rd of December 2020 and uh, it's episode number 6. And uh, today we're out at uh, Veolia, <coughs> which is sort of, uh, in the, I guess, in the industrial area of Queenstown, which is just near an area out of Frankton, uh, 5 Mile. We, as a Rotary Club, we actually came out this way a couple of days ago and uh, uh, our guest today basically gave us a bit of a tour of what uh, Veolia actually does. Uh, so, but uh, I'd like to introduce him. Uh, it's uh, Jason Climo, Climo, sorry, Climo. <laughs> um, from Veolia, and uh, welcome along to the podcast, Jason. Thank you. Uh, where I like to sort of start these podcasts, uh, Jason, is uh, just a bit about your early life, where you sort of brought up and where you came from. So, whereabouts were you born? Okay, so I was born in a little town called Tamaranui. So, Tamaranui is uh, uh, probably on the um, western side of. Mount Ruapau, 20 minutes from Mount Ruapau in the central North Island. Yep. So born and, born and raised in Tamaranui, went to all my schooling was in Tamaranui. And uh, brothers and sisters, did you have any? Yeah, I've got an older brother, so my older brother Glenn's and uh, he lives in Michigan now in the US. And yeah, okay. uh, a younger brother as well, and he lives in Ashburton uh, in the South Island. Here, so. so you're the middle of three, the middle, yeah, middle child. Yeah, middle child, middle child. Yeah, yeah I mean, <coughs> I'm part of three boys as well, but I'm the eldest, but... Uh, the middle child was always the troublemaker. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was what you growing up, but uh, um, potentially. <laughs> um, so the, <clears throat> the central part of the North Island. What was yep. it like growing up there, and uh, what, what did you sort of get up to as a child? Could you remember some of the things you got into? Ah, uh, probably from an early age, uh, like growing up in, in in the country town. You know, you're always sort of uh, uh, like nature's on your doorstep. You know, we're fishing, we're camping. My dad was a keen hunter, so we'd spend a lot of time up in the forest and the bush. Uh, from an early age, I was probably uh, quite into the, like building or engineering, I guess. So you know, I used to sort of read a lot of books around you know, bridges and engineering books and stuff. And I'd um, and myself and a few of my mates would always be out sort of building tree huts or or doing stuff around the district. Um, not too too much trouble, but yeah. So pretty. So some good early skills there, I guess, yeah. um, in building and engineering yeah. and um, working out those sort of things. This is sort of before, even sort of pre-teen days. Or? Pre-teens, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's it's quite interesting. <laughs> and um, that actually, my son uh, is also uh, he he took the same thing from about three years old. To be honest, uh, he's been involved with electrical and playing with heaters and all sorts of stuff from. From early age, and now he's uh, just finished high school, and he's off. I think he wants to do a mechatronics engineering degree, so he's yeah, sort of taken a path early as well. <laughs> yeah, very good skills to have. I think uh, even in you know twenty twenty, I think having those types of skills are you know very important. Um, <clears throat> and you know, there's a lot of different careers you can you can sort of take out of having, I guess, an interest in. Um, you know, building, engineering, electrical, mm. uh, all the different components of construction. So um, <clears throat> that's quite interesting. Can uh, growing up, can you remember what, <coughs> what was the first sort of sport that you played? Ah, oh, okay. Yep. So uh, I obviously played a bit of rugby because that's the Kiwi thing to do. Uh, and um, <clears throat> our neighbours at the time were into uh, they had a lot of horses and stuff, so they were into a, a sport called polo cross. So polo cross is a bit like lacrosse except it's um using the net and the racket on the horse and um i'd watch it a little bit and i actually got quite keen so they taught me how to ride a horse to a start and then they actually got me into 
into the game. And I played that game from about eight years old um, through to representing New Zealand in 1997 to 2001. Um, uh, playing, playing for NZ, so, so representing New Zealand in the, in the sport as well. So, so it was great. playing yeah. against other, other, other international countries? Yeah, yeah. So we would play, uh, I was in the intermediate, uh, New Zealand intermediate teams because I was uh, under 21. And yep. we played, yeah, mainly Australia. I went over to Africa in 1997 and through to Zimbabwe as well. So I spent seven or eight weeks in Africa as well. So Polo Cross, how many players do they have on a team? Like, how did that work? Did that so work? you have three, there's three quadrants. Yep. Um, and there's three aside. Well, there's six aside, but three, three on, three off. Yep. So you would go out there. It's quite intense. So you could only probably play a maximum of eight minutes. And it's quite hard on the, on the animals to, to go any longer than that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the number one shoots the goals, the number two defends the middle area, and the number three defends the goal against the other, the opposite. So it's three a team or? Yeah, three, okay. three a side, yeah. Okay, and okay, so then you just have eight minutes and just, you sort of have eight minute halves? Or eight minute that? halves, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you might do four eights or something like that, yeah. Okay. She's, she's pretty, she's pretty full on. Yeah, if you get to, if you have to do four lots of that, that'd be, yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd be buggered after that. Yeah. Hope they have to have substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or this. yeah. Interesting. That's mm. an interesting. You have to look that one up. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good. And rugby, obviously, did you have? Did you sort of do much of that? I guess. Growing? I sort of um, probably got more involved into the polo cross. So yeah. I played rugby for a little bit, and, yeah. and then probably got more yeah. involved with that sport. That was sort of taking me more places. But yeah. So can you remember? Uh, what was your first job as a teenager? Can you remember what you... Uh, yep, uh, because I was still involved with, with horses and that, I actually uh, you know, went through to seventh form in high school. Uh, sort of didn't really know what I wanted to do and one of the guys that I actually played the sport with owned a, owned a big sheep farm. Mm. So I actually went and lived on the, on the sheep farm for 12 months doing mustering and learning yeah, learning sharing. And so, mustering. how old were you in that when you were doing that? Uh, I was seventeen. Okay. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, after seventh form. So. Okay, um, so they did, went out on a sheep farm for twelve months. How did you find that experience? Overall? I loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved being out on the on the farms and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, but just uh, I guess they. It's a lifestyle, I guess. So I was probably more interested in getting paid a bit more. So I ended up uh, leaving leaving that job, and I actually managed to get a job with uh, with what used to be the Ministry of Works for New Zealand, but it was actually it was sold. It was a private company by then called Works Civil Construction, and I sort of started this career under under the Works Civil Construction banner to to learn to learn the industry that we're in now. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, were, how old were you when you sort of uh, moved away from your original, uh, I guess, where you grew up? Where, where was the next sort of destination after that? Um, <clears throat> when I started with uh, the works, I sort of, uh, I didn't move far from the Central Plateau. Mm. And, uh, and then through my whole career, I've been fairly well um, based in the Central North Island, around, yep. the, around the place. So I might yep. have moved to the Thames Coromandel a bit or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until 2010 that I moved to moved down to Queenstown. So it was the, my first big move away from from the North Island, permanent move. Mm. Mm, okay. What, so, so ten years ago, you made the big move down to, to Queenstown. Yep. Um, 
before you sort of came down to Queenstown, was it was it a place you'd come down to often for holidays and? Not that, not at all. I came here in two thousand and seven to tender for the for the Queenstown Lakes District Council Water Services contract. Okay. And um, I was on part of the bid team to do that. We won the contract. Um, and then I moved back to that. I went back to North Island after he transitioned this contract. Mm. And um, within three years, the, the original manager had decided that he wanted to uh, relocate back to Adelaide. Um, we had contracts in Adelaide at the time. And um, I put my name forward to come, to come and take over. So. so, yeah, I obviously liked it when I came down for that for the for six months so or you hadn't sort, of, hadn't sort of been down here too much before making the move? Never, yeah. Okay, or never? Yeah, okay. Never, yeah. So that's a yeah. very spontaneous sort of <laughs> thing, I guess. Yep. Um, yeah, so Queenstown, I mean, ten years ago, uh, it's obviously changed a lot in the, oh, yeah. in the, in the decade that you've been uh, yeah. in, in Queenstown. Yeah. Um, what, what are the things that you really like about this particular area of Queenstown? We'll, we'll talk a bit about Queenstown yeah. and, and, and the how it's grown and yep. what you enjoy out of it. Yep. So tell us the things that you sort of enjoy being part of this community. Uh, well, um, I guess coming from the central North Island where we had the similar trails and rivers and, and stuff, you know, we're sort of moving into, into a similar sort of mountainous area. Mm. Yeah, love, love the mountains, uh, love to get out there on a mountain bike. Um, love to, uh, to take the kids out to the rivers or a bit of beach, you know, down to the Franklin Beach or into town. Um, go out on the boat, do a bit of fishing. Um, but yeah, sort of really liked the, and we were quite heavily involved in our area with with um, community as well, and just like to try and push a bit more into community around the Queenstown area. Mm. So really enjoy getting out there and helping with, you know, with the Rotary, for example, projects and Rotary projects that we do as we older into the community as well that we probably don't talk so much about, but we do. Mm. Do a, a, a lot of stuff out in the community um, as well. More, more of a silent provider. Yeah, I guess. When was your first exposure to, to um, Rotary? Generally, was it before you moved to Queenstown, or were you actually? Um... Yeah. So my wife's um, grandparents were Rotarians, um, and my wife's auntie is actually the president of the Rotary Club in the Rupai area, mm-hmm. and uh, her auntie's the secretary. So we were we knew of Rotary. Uh, but it wasn't until probably the start of 2020 uh, we were introduced to the Queenstown Club. And, um, so only really the start of this calendar year. Yeah, that we've really become more more involved. And I was always wanting to do, like we do volunteer stuff for the mountain bike clubs and stuff, but that's mm. a little bit ad hoc. I was really wanting to get involved with, you know, with an organisation um, that sort of has similar values to, to myself and my wife really. You know, so it's around giving and helping the community and stuff. So that's what we're what we're loving to do. So yeah, and loving it so far. Mm. So so you've probably been a member for about twelve months. Coming up twelve months. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Mm. Um, but obviously, the people in the club I found to be, you know, they're all really, really friendly. They're yep. all there for each other. Um, it just seems to be they always seem to be there as one unit. And you know, I've sort of only been involved really in the last few months, but um, that's that's the sort of feeling I get and I can see why people, you know, want to join a, a Rotary Club once they get introduced to it and, um, you know, all the friends that you can make, all the uh, contacts that you can make, it's it's, 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 it's fantastic. So, um, but I guess you sort of, uh, 
you're jumping pretty in the much in the deep end by becoming the president elect, <laughs> elect um, you know, only yeah. you know, six months or so after you're sort of joining the club, you, you're putting your hand up to, to, to be the president for the 2021-2022 yep. um, Rotary year. So tell me a bit about that decision and uh, what sort of motivated you to want to be the president of the club at, at um, you know, I guess not having a lot of experience yeah. in Rotary. Yeah. I guess um, I sort of jumped in. I don't try and jump a bit some more, but I jumped in because I'm um, really engaged by the club, I guess, and I could sort of see that there's a lot of sort of avenues that we could take the club, and I think um, just having maybe some fresh ideas coming in mm. will definitely help. Um, a lot of I did actually the district. Oh, I did the um, president elect training in Cromwell. A few weeks ago, and I was quite amazed that you know I've, I was sort of eight months into the into the role, and people had been involved in the club and for the last twenty or thirty years, and, yeah. and they were still learning things that they had no idea. So maybe it, um, yeah, just coming in with a fresh set of ideas and stuff, and might be able to do you know some cool projects around the community. No, it sounds like I mean you you got that community mindset. You know, I think you have to have that in order to. Yeah. To really be involved in in service organisations, mm. um, community organisations like Rotary, um, so it's, it's, it's certainly great that uh, you, you found um, you know Rotary and and obviously um, you know I can see that uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, time I guess when your presidency, mm. uh, especially with a club. Of, I mean, when you sort of got a club of size of what Queenstown has, you've got more than fifty members to yeah. to deal with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, committees to. To, to basically organise different yep. uh, leaders for and mm. um, you know make sure delegation is one of those skills that you've really got to um, you know, make sure you've got, yep, you've got sort of down pat. Um, uh, I guess on the podcast, hopefully soon we'll probably have um, uh, current President Leanne Lyons uh, will be on the podcast uh, over the next week or two, so I look forward to, to um, that as well. But... Uh, I guess what have you learnt um, in the in the twelve months that you've sort of been in Rotary? What what are the key things that you sort of learn about um, Rotary that you uh, I guess you sort of didn't know so much mm. at the start? Uh, I was amazed um, to learn I guess the sheer size of Rotary. Mm. I mean, one point two million members, I think it was, and you know just all of us the, the, the Rotary Foundation as a whole. It's something that. Uh, probably isn't well communicated out there. I mean, you know, mm. uh, <clears throat> yeah, to be fair, a lot of people think, you know, it's sort of more of an exclusive club for, for, for retired people, and that sort of was the mindset that we need to change out there. But, yeah, like me, myself coming in, my wife coming in, we're just amazed on the on the sheer size, the giving, the, the um, I mean, just the polio eradication program is just amazing. Like 90 million vaccines, I think, were administered last year through through the Rotary. So. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, the format of what Rotary in Queenstown does is quite good. I like, um, you've got the off-site meeting, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really great to sort of be here a couple of days ago and you sort of open up Viola. We, a lot of the people, many of them that came, <laughs> um, would have learnt, you know, a lot about about uh, recycling, how that works, and how what the programs that Viola does, the yep. wa- how the water thing situation works in this area, yeah. um, the technologies that we use with pipes, um, yep. quite a lot. You know, that's just a little bit of what you had to digest. Mm. Um, 
So it definitely was different. It was quite interesting, and uh, um, you did a very good job putting it all together. And I'm, I'm, you know, obviously a bit, a bit of work just getting it organised and making sure that uh, yeah uh, people were, were sort of uh, available to be able to do this and to be able to um, you know show people around. So uh, thank you for that. But uh, um, yeah, so that that was that was really really good, Jason. Um, that's for sure. So I guess I mean it's only been twelve months apart from. Um, Tuesday what I guess is what is what has been I guess the event or um, thing that you've sort of been to in, in the last 12 months that stood out to you the most uh, in Rotary in Rotary so the first uh, I think kicking off summer 2020 would have been the Ryla event that, uh, that was held at the Lakeview Christian Camp so having the Rotary Youth Exchange and, uh, and that was actually run by Leanne um, that really stood out. That was amazing. Um, yeah, to have all those, all those people on that young on the on the young leadership course, um, and then obviously building off from that was uh, the project we've just completed with the with the bouldering wall that we've done for the for the camp. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was a great community project, and um, yeah, it's awesome to see something that's that's standing like it is above the ground, and yeah, you know, it's going to be there for a long time. <laughs> Sort of like a little, like a little rock climbing type boulder thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to have a bit of a, bit of a look at that one. Um, it sort of was in progress as I sort of uh, we we came over here. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, obviously things like that are you know projects like that are very sort of meaningful for uh, for the community mm. and um, uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, I guess as far as we what. I don't know if you, do you want to share any ideas as to what you, any sort of new ideas that you may sort of, uh, I guess, take on uh, when you do become the president and things that we might sort of get involved in as Rotary, anything much yeah. different to what we're doing? Oh, I think, uh, well, I've seen this year with Leanne's leadership, I mean, we've got the off-site meetings once a month, which I definitely would love to, to carry that on. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Mm. And I think um, we certainly get... Really, really good attendance rates at, at the offsites. It certainly did on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, and, and the one at Cardrona. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and uh, I think projects. I mean, there's there's quite a few things, I guess, that are always buzzing around your mind. But one thing I uh, it's not just a bias to to having a water background, but you know, there's things around some of our some of our smaller. Um, some of our smaller lakes and rivers could do with a bit of bit of love. So, you know, it'd be nice to be able to get involved with some riparian type planting or some, you know, some wetland maintenance, uh, those sorts of community projects to help, you know, help with the health of the lake or help, you know, you know people bathing and paving in Lake Hayes, for example. Um, there's, you know, things around that we're still, probably still haven't felt the complete impact of the whole COVID Situation in Queenstown coming going forward into sort of maybe you know early next year we might start seeing some some issues with you know when the bank um, the mortgage holidays and things come to an end there could be some people struggling a bit so uh, one of the things I thought was quite cool and it was done in another Rotary club was they were doing a basically a supermarket um, event where they would have a you know shopping trolleys outside the market and they would just ask people if they were able to drop a couple of cans of food in the basket on their way past. Um, I think they managed to secure 1.6 tonne of, of you know, non-perishable goods in that that went to the food banks or through the Salvos. 
Um, those, those sorts of things are quite, are quite neat for the community. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, also, just one thing that I sort of had uh, a lot of involvement in in my days in, in Apex um, uh, is is running charity golf days, and uh, that might be something that I'll yeah. talk to you about at some stage, whether or not. Uh, I know the club has, has a history of doing the New Zealand Open as a yep. as a um, I guess as an assistance uh, type situation in marshalling or whatever they uh, do to raise money. Can um, obviously the uh, Rotary Club get involved, so. Um, you know that not being on in in February March next year. You know, there's all I think there's a possibility of it that you know we've got the capability in our club to be able to run a, a mm. very successful mm. uh, charity golf day. And my experience is doing about nine or ten of them uh, back wow. home. Um, That'd be I, know, I know the sort of formats uh, that work. So something I can certainly talk to you about. Um, yeah. If you're interested, That'd and it's, it's a good way to sort of. Race of funds. It's just a matter of you know you you've got half a dozen golfers in the club. Um, you've got a big enough club to be able to, to um, I guess uh, support the event when it comes to you know doing something. Um, and it's just a matter of getting you know, people know people and, and getting a, you know a good number you know as you as you hope to get and and whatnot. So that's yep. something to think about and just win and and that sort of thing mm. um, as well. But mm. if things like if you don't know what's going to happen. With these borders, you don't know if they're going to be open, closed, and it looks like um, you can't sort of rely on it at the moment. That's right. So, um, what about so do you? Are you sort of do you like the snow? Do you go up there and snowboard or ski? Not so much, uh, to be honest. Um, my kids obviously were born and raised uh, in Mount Ruapo, so mm. you know two of the biggest ski fields in yeah. NZ. So they started skiing from from pre primary school mm. and then they went through the schools skiing and then, then we moved to Queenstown so they've spent their life through the schools skiing. Yeah. My wife and I, to be honest, have never skied in our lives. Do um, they still ski here, the kids? I, our kids, uh, uh, yeah, my son, he's, he you know, buys his own ski pass now and he's up yeah. there every chance he can get during winter. So he he's absolutely loves skiing and my daughter's pretty much the same. Um, myself and my wife sort of wait till the snow's melted so we can get out up there with our mountain bikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's probably more more our scene is around the outdoors and the biking and stuff. Yeah, a, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. I, I see a lot of the younger ones sort of use their bikes to get up the top of these different mountains and they go down. And yeah, all these different. I mean, that's that's pretty fun. All the oh yeah, the, the down the downhill stuff's pretty pretty yeah. neat. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's it's. Beautifully, I guess the snow. I don't know if you noticed, there's a bit of snow still there today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, coming in to say, where did that snow come yeah. from? Yeah, must have been um, overnight or something. Yep. But uh, um, it has it has snowed here on Christmas Day. I've, yeah, has been, it? Yeah, I've been here on Christmas Day. It's, on, just well, it's on, the on, on, on the peaks. Yeah, on the peaks. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's pretty cool, isn't yeah. it? That is very good. Um, so any other sort of hobbies that you have? Is, I know you probably don't get much time to do much else, but is there anything else that you get up to currently? Uh, I'm probably, if I'm not on my bike, if I'm not at work, then I'm probably spending the remainder of the time either with family or I'm at the gym. So I spend a lot of the time at the, a lot of time at the local fit. gym, just keeping fit. Yeah, yeah, I find that if I if I can do three or four times a week at the gym or get on my bike, it sort of puts me in the right mindset, I guess, to be to be looking after the people at Veolia. Mm, so, so, tell me, so yeah. when did you start working at 
Veolia exactly? Just going back in. Ah, so I've been at Veolia for 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. And you've been working here for 10, obviously, yeah. uh, in Queensland. Yeah, so in the, in the North Island, I started, um, I left the, the works um, construction once I'd done my cadetship and, and, and training in water treatment and wastewater treatment. And then I moved to uh, across to Veolia. Uh, and I sort of moved up through the ranks quite quickly and became the, the manager of the Rupay region. And then I was in sort of done with other regions as well so I also managed the Waitomo region and then uh, I moved into a contract just south of Auckland where I managed that for a while and then I became um, became a member of the New Zealand leadership team so there's six of us for New Zealand on the leadership team um, I'm definitely yeah I'm, I'd be the youngest person on the leadership team currently um, and then moved to the South Island just to be the manager of the Queenstown contract. And it was coming up for a tender again as well, so they wanted me to re rebid. Yeah. So, so it was it the same location the last ten years, or did, was it somewhere else uh, when you first came in? Nah, same same location, just yep. different differing roles. So yeah, yep. um, originally just the Queenstown manager, and then I managed the Invercargill branch for a while, mm. um, and then um, maybe five years ago, become the South Island manager. So. So this industrial area would be pretty a lot more yeah. vacant ten years ago. There yeah, as many buildings around. Yep, it would have been pretty quiet, um, or quietish. Yeah, there was pretty nothing. There was pretty much nothing between Belinda Drive and the uh, the BP roundabout at the State Highway Six. Uh, all the land in between was 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 vacant land, and yeah, it was just a you know one lane road each way. So one yeah, now we've got dual lanes and. We've got the five mile, we've got Queenstown Central, yeah, mm. by the tens pack and saves, none of that none of that was there. Yeah, actually the road wasn't wasn't there either, so <laughs> ten yeah. years ago, so Yeah, so it's a mm. lot yeah, it's a lot's changed in ten years. Mm. I mean what what do you I mean, do you sort of what do you see happening around this area in the next ten years? Do you see just more expansion, more more um, growth, more houses going in? Quite a lot of growth. I definitely probably see a lot more growth on the Hanley's farm yeah. tax point areas. Mm. Definitely. I mean, there's there's a, a load of room out there for expansion. Mm. And um, judging on the just on the pipe diameters that were installed to get out that way, uh, you would think, geez, that was a bit of an overkill to put something in that big. But then in hindsight, you can sort of see why, uh, because that's definitely going to be a, a big growth area, and there's some pretty big infrastructure being put out there to get ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, same then. Um, on the Lake Hayes, shot over Ladies Mile side of the area, um, uh, I think there's going to be there'd be a lot of public protest if, if that was tried to be expanded anymore just due to the traffic. I mean, the roads just aren't, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't cope with it. Uh, but the Jacks, the Jacks Point Hanley's, uh, plus a new bridge across the Carrell River, I mean... Yeah, it's it's quite it flows quite nicely. Mm. Um, was it? Yeah, so with the just trying to think, I had something that um, I had in, right right here. What was it? Something about your work. Um, something to do with here. So Veolia. Uh, how many people you got working at this particular? Uh, so our head count head count for, for this area is sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's ranging from obviously the administration staff. Um, there's 
three other managers that I have that look after different parts of the operation. Um, we do everything from the, you know, the administration, we have our own engineering teams downstairs, we've got our own um, electrical engineer and computer engineering downstairs as well. Um, and we have uh, an operational team, so our operational teams do all of the Queenstown water treatment. Um, we do all of the conveyance of the networks and, and delivering water through the, through the network systems. We do all of the repairs. Uh, we've got teams that then undertake um, asset um, investigations, so looking at uh, pipe conditions. We have teams that are then renewing assets across the district. And um, we have teams that are obviously making sure that those teams are safe as well. So we have traffic management, because well, Queenstown's traffic is a bit of an issue. We have sort of a traffic department as well that's helping keep, keep the guys safe out there, guys and girls. So. And, uh, and, and more recent times, we've uh, invested heavily into, into the trenchless technologies around, uh, which you would have seen the other night, was the, the spiral wine pipe systems, mm. because... Uh, uh, it's just getting really, really tough to, to open up a road nowadays because of the congestion. So we're, we're trying to do a lot of our stuff tr without trenching, um, which is um, which is going really well, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as where you, where your career is taken, well, a couple of quick couple of yep. uh, points here. So, is there anybody or any anything that sort of stands out to you as far as someone who's been a, a mentor that's helped you in your career, or or, so, or something that's influenced yep. the direction that you've taken? Yeah, I think uh, early on, and uh, early on, uh, probably start of my career would have obviously been my dad. My dad was a um, construction person as well, uh, so he spent his whole life in, in in various construction roles and everything else. And he he worked for for the um, the work civil construction as well, where I where I was. Um, and I guess he sort of. Uh, Mentored me in, in the direction that I took around the around the, the environmental services side of the business, and uh, he could see that it was going to be a massive thing in the, in the future, and he uh, sort of convinced me to go that way and convinced me probably to take up a role at Veolia. To be fair, okay. um, and I also had a, a few other uh, older heads within the same company that that also sort of were mentoring me along the way and, and through the cadetships and everything else that they wanted me to do, uh, which is, I guess, I'd be pretty appreciative of that nowadays. And then, obviously, through my through my earlier days at Veolia, um, I had some, some pretty top uh, general managers that were really, really leading the way and uh, and taking me on the right direction. Hmm. So I guess your career going forward, where, where do you sort of see your career going now that you're, you've been in this leadership position on yep. this leadership team? Yeah. Um, I guess is is there anything that you can see on the horizon, or do you, you sort of is it is there sort of uh, the career can mm. continue to probably go through you know Veolia and uh, and just sort yeah. of you know obviously get uh, um, I guess you know become more of a leader yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, like uh, uh, it was quite refreshing. Yesterday we spent um, half a day on a on a Zoom meeting mm. uh, with our head office, which was Paris. So we were we were uh, uh, we were uh, discussing discussing our our purpose at the what what's our purpose mm. and so we were talking about the um, the UN goals so the United Nations goals that they've put out 
is the same goals that Bell has um, adopted as well. Okay. We have we have what we call a multifaceted performance approach now. So we're talking about you know environment, culture, um, society, and obviously shareholders are, are a part of it. But we're really um, we're really aiming to measure our metrics differently going forward for the long term. So it won't be around. You know, EBIT or profit or anything else, there's going to be a lot more social measures, environmental measures, um, everything around planet. So we want to be this, you know, we really want to have an environmental transformation and that's what we're, what, we're, what our purpose is going to be. So I thought um, that was quite refreshing for me because that's, um, yeah, that's a new direction and that's where, yeah, that's probably... probably put a bit more blood, <laughs> put, put a bit more life for me after being here for so long. So that's something I'm going to really be uh, getting into in the next next few months. Mm, yeah. So um, it's 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 so that was like half a day, was it? Like that yeah. whole that um, half a day. Yeah. So it was Paris. I've already been midnight over in Paris. Um, it was okay. obviously midday over here, and uh, we also had the some colleagues from Western Australia were on the line as well, and it was yeah. 8 a.m. in the morning or something in yeah. Perth, so it was, uh, quite, it was quite interesting. Yeah, so I guess when you get to your stage in, in this career, I mean, obviously one thing I noticed on Tuesday was that, you know, generally if someone comes into the organisation of Violia, uh, that, you know, you've got, you've got this sort of um, <clears throat> ideology that uh, the training is quite good and they can just come in with, you know, not a lot of experience to yep. do these, the roles that they sort of some of these guys are undertaking, um, so good training in, in that respect. Yep. Once you get to a leadership uh, role, um, is there much that you sort of do an ongoing sort of training to upskill yourself and mm. keep yourself on top of top of things? We definitely try to, uh, we sort of run maybe three um, three programs in, within Veolia. So we have, the, we have our leadership training where we keep our professional and personal development up to speed and those those uh, training courses may be delivered internally but um, the majority are actually delivered externally mm. uh, we also have a succession part where we where we have a, a training program called the leaders of tomorrow mm. so tomorrow's leaders and then we have our frontline management training as well so yeah, today's leaders tomorrow's leaders and frontline management so that's really well embedded and that's always new content we've got uh, sort of thought leadership programs and all those sorts of things coming out um, all the time which I guess keeps you keeps you engaged um, a lot of a lot of a lot of the training is now done um, on like a um, virtual learning and, and yeah through through the internet and stuff yeah, do, do, do you sort of read a lot of books as well about different things or what, what, what it, uh how much time would you sort of spend a year sort of reading books and stuff like that? I definitely take a lot of stuff away with me. Uh, I think in the last uh, 18 months, I probably have spent more uh, sort of time or energy on, on financial um, reading and stuff. We've had to say that we did have a focus on on making sure that we were tip top on, on finance. I mean, uh, so I've spent a lot of time researching financial uh, ways of doing doing the business and that so that's um, yeah just 
we're, I'm not an accountant, but I, but I still have to be responsible for, for yeah. the bottom line as well. Yeah, well, I suppose you know, very important in, in when you get to a sort of leadership managerial type of roles that you, you've got a good understanding of, of the um, you know, financial metrics of different yeah. you know, uh, operational and you know, strategic long-term decisions. Mm. So um, it's, it's quite, uh, it's, it's good. Uh, I guess any sort of final thoughts uh, for uh, guests on the podcast? I think this has been fairly enlightening. We learned quite a bit about you today, Jason. Uh, I certainly look forward to, um, you know, obviously, uh, I guess our time in the future with Rotary uh, and obviously um, uh, <coughs> the year as presidency is going to be uh, great. Mm. Um, yeah, so any sort of final thoughts, any, anything you'd like to say about anything we've sort of discussed? Oh, no, this has been great, yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, like I say, I'm looking forward to, to doing my, my year next year on the presidency, I uh, really, really want to push a few projects, I really want to, um, we really need to get Rotary's name out there a lot more, I mean, Leanne's done an awesome job so far, the, new, the number of new members I think have been pretty astounding, and I think everyone would agree with that. Um, I'm not sure, if, obviously, in past years, how many new members or or, or what have come through. Um, but yeah, no, really, really looking forward to to another year of, of Rotary. And um, yeah, I guess uh, hoping that the borders actually do start to get open, and you know, we can start getting some some more blood back into town and, and get the tourists going. And yeah. Yeah, no, certainly I'm, like, I'm looking forward to, to, to when that border does open, so we'll have to just wait and see and just and cross our fingers and hope it's sooner rather than later. Exactly. Um, but um, thank you very much for your time on a, on a Thursday morning here at, uh, just out of, I guess, uh, Glenda Drive, uh, Veolia. So thank you very much, Jason. Uh, I'll get this uh, uploaded maybe later on this afternoon. Uh, and it'll be on uh, possibly on YouTube and also... Uh, Apple Podcast, so I'll put it up on there. It's from from right. the, that's so uh, that's uh, been Jason Climo from Viola, uh, and also the incoming uh, um, president elect for the Rotary Club of Queenstown. This has been Tim Wilshire, uh, and uh, everyone have a great day. Thank you.